Clear Channel's iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Better than before. An hour of beauty, health, fitness, and lifestyle advice from renowned columnist and author Jane Wilkins Michael and her guest, top experts in their fields. Join Jane's campaign to become better than before. Now, here she is, Jane Wilkins Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. All right, rainy day here in New York City, but it's always warm and sunny here in our studio, and that is because of my producer, Lori Houston, who spreads only goodness and light. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> she she does indeed, and some days, Lori, I spread doom and Gloom, right? We all we all have our moments. You know, as Hemingway said, I love this quote: "We're all broken." That's how the light gets in. Mm. I think that just sounds. I, I love that. I do indeed. So I just want to briefly uh, say, Lori, I did an interview. I don't know if I told you this yet. Yesterday, I was interviewed by Radio MD Lisa Davis. She's been on this show. She's a sweetheart. And one of the things that she asked me was based on the feedback that we get from our show. What do our listeners, the women in particular, want most out of life? And that was a great question because mm. I think we all want to be happier, to be less stressed, to be able to embrace life more fully. And then the follow-up question was, do I think that's even possible? Mm. And you know and you know what we say, Lori, of course it's possible. We can all be happier, less stressed, more self-fulfilled women as well as men. We can also be healthier, live longer, perhaps even be more successful if that's what we want, build better relationships, boost our self-esteem, have more fun. The list is endless. The potential is almost infinite. But the first step is understanding that you can't do everything at once. You have to take baby steps baby little steps. Think of making even one small positive change for the better every single day. And today, let's start by being a little more grateful for what we already have. Remember, if you don't appreciate what you have, you will never have enough. It's like a bucket with a hole in it. You will never fill it. And also remember, that no matter how old you are, what you've gone through in life or what you are currently going through, it is never too early or too late to start to live a longer, happier, healthier, more beautiful life. Our guest today will certainly help us live a more beautiful life along with everything else. He is Dr. Norman Rowe. Dr. Rowe has been on the show before. He is a board-certified plastic surgeon with a very popular practice on New York City's Upper East Side, and he is expanding. We'll talk about that in a minute. He is recognized both nationally and internationally as a leader and an innovator in plastic and cosmetic surgery, and he specializes in the newest face and body anti-aging treatments using both surgical and non-invasive techniques. The end result is that you look like a better version of yourself. In other words, you never look a day over fabulous. Hello, doctor. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me on your show. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Oh, you're the best. It's always a pleasure to be here. And, And you have so much to be grateful for. To begin with, your stunning wife, Mia, and your two beautiful children. Blessed. I truly am blessed. I'm. Uh, I like to say I'm lucky, but I think it's a little bit more than that. No, it's a combination of everything. <laughs> it, is. it is. It's a. It's a little of everything. So, doctor, let's talk beauty. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to look young. I don't want to look younger, says nobody ever. Um, an American Society of Plastic Surgeons report they found Americans spend more. They spent more than sixteen billion 
not million, billion dollars on, com on cosmetic plastic surgeries and minimally invasive procedures in 2016. And I'm sure the trend will continue to increase as we go, uh, as, as we go on to in 2017. And of course, it's evidence that plastic surgery, and, and as we know, it was once reserved for, for lack of a better way to say this, the rich and famous, um, uh, it, is, uh, is for, it really is for everyone. Um, it's becoming more mainstream, safer, and of course, accessible. What are your thoughts on this? I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think the trend in the last 10 years has, uh, and will continue to increase even more than the last 20 years, the trend has been more and more cosmetic surgery and more and more accessibility for people who desire cosmetic surgery. I kind of think that a lot of it, the growth of plastic surgery has to be with kind of what you were hitting on. In the past, it's been more for celebrities and then kind of with the advent of all the reality shows and social media that it, it, people, you know, the reality shows of initial years and years ago, the Swan and, and all of the um, makeover shows, you know, it, it, plastic surgery became not so much, like you said, for someone who was lifestyles of the rich and famous and the celebrities, but for everyone because everyone to a certain extent wanted to not only look better but feel better. Um, also, I kind of think that the trend in plastic surgery kind of fed that. 30 years ago, the only way we really had, 35 years ago, the only way we really had to treat someone was with surgery. If someone wanted to look uh, more youthful, they had to have, undergo a surgery, a scalpel. Mm -hmm. In the last 20, 30 years, but even more so in the last 10 or 15 years, the non-surgical options have increased, and the reason they've increased is they actually work. They've gotten better. Right now, you were, again, you were quoting uh, from the American Society of Plastic Surgery and American Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. The, the numbers that they're quoting also in 2016 are the number of non-surgical procedures are going through the roof, and the number of surgical procedures, while they're increasing, they're not increasing as fast. And kind of what that tells me is patients want results, but they want no downtime. They want the lasers. They want the Botox. They want the fillers. They want uh, the non-surgical options to be there and to work. And, and, and we do, and I think that's where the reason that's driving it, it, it you, like I said, it used to be you'd have to have downtime. You used mm -hmm. to have to have surgical procedure, undergo anesthesia. And, uh, and again, I operate for a living and with all of, and I, and I just see people doing less and less of surgery and more and more of non-surgery. I think that is also part of the driving factor that pushing, you know, people who might not have injured or dipped their uh, toes into the plastic surgery pool are saying, oh, you know, it's just a couple shots. It's here and there. It's relatively quick and simple. Now, while it is a procedure, it is a mm -hmm. procedure, it's a shot, right. it's a laser, and you cannot downplay that. You have to go to somebody who knows what they're doing. Go to someone who's a board-certified plastic surgeon. Make sure they know what they're doing. It is certainly less Time-involving, time, you know, and less in invasive, certainly, and less uh, downtime. Well, less painful, right. Procedure, and less painful, absolutely. Yeah, the, so I, I think mean, that's the, also the driving it. Yeah, of but, course. I mean, you know, we don't want pain. <laughs> needles, no, no, but, no. <laughs> but there are needles. Yes, there are needles involved, and and heat from lasers. But but still, it's a lot better than those, as you the said, options. the scalpels and anesthesia and long, painful recoveries that were of uh, you know of yester yesteryear, as it were. And, and exactly, exactly. And like I was saying, and what that, and again, there's always there's always been quick and easy cures, even 50, 30, 60, 70 years ago. But the, with the rise, I think, of the non-surgical ops, and kind of if you read between the lines, it tells you one thing, they're actually working. I mean, you, you, someone could promise a lot and deliver less with regards to a, a shot or a laser. But the fact that the non-surgical options are on the increase tells me that 
the non-surgical options are actually working. People are coming back for them. And that's also, I think, something to read between the lines. Very much so. Now, um, and, you know, I get, I get, many questions from our audience about plastic surgery, although I, I'm sure you get much more. <laughs> I'm sure you get yeah. many more. Um, but, but one of the main ones is, you know, uh, there is so much information out there and it's so confusing. Um, where, do, where do I begin? You know, people are a little bit uh, concerned and, and afraid, I guess, of doing anything uh, too drastic. As, as you said, today, you, you don't have to. You can do something rather minimal and still look better. And, you know, we've all seen people with faces so frozen they couldn't cry even if they saw a rerun of The Notebook. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, um, well, that, that's actually a good question. I mean, how do you go? Well, how do you find someone that is is kind of on the same page as you as far as mm-hmm. what you want done and someone is is kind of reputable and again it's kind of like with anything if you have a friend or a family and if, if or who who you know might have a, a procedure done or, or and what have you, and you like the way it looked inquire say who, you know who are you going to I, I you know word of mouth is always so always important and, and plays such a big role in uh in um in in uh you know what what you want to do it's kind of like when when i'm out with my wife and she says oh my gosh that's a gorgeous dress who makes that dress you know when you see something you like ask there's nothing wrong with that and then the second thing it's kind of up to the patient to do their due diligence and today in today's day and age with the advent of the internet and obviously even social media but mainly obviously the internet you can find out quite a bit about someone and their history and what they're capable of doing on the internet. So I think those two things, you kind of have to do your due diligence and do your you know history. It always kind of amazes me that patients, even patients as savvy as our you know, New York, I'd like to think of savvy as our New York patients, seem to spend more time looking up which bag to buy as opposed to which doctor should they let stick needles and knives in their face. And it's always kind of a little disconcerting, and, it, and it's so true. I have patients who come to me and say, I went to such and such doctor, and he's a, he or she's a plastic surgeon. And I know that that person is not a plastic surgeon, or at least not a plastic surgeon in the sense that I am. I mean, I'm a trained plastic surgeon, trained in plastic surgery, as opposed to the person that they might be referencing who went for a weekend or course down to Miami and learned how to inject Botox and hung a sign on his door that said, I'm a plastic surgeon, which is legal, but may, may wow. not be in the best you know, in the best uh, interest of the patient. So it's kind of up to the patient to say, you know, do their due diligence. Now, if I was a patient, I'm doing my due diligence. Obviously, I speak to my friends and what have you. And if it comes down to the interview, when you're interviewing and meeting your doctor, you ask that doctor, what are you board certified in? Now, if someone asks me what I am board certified in, I would say I'm board certified in plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. If you go to the doctor who is not board certified in plastic surgery, but takes that weekend or course or is trying to pick up for lack, you know, it's a horrible thing to say, you know, extra money in uh, picking up the, in, in the cosmetic arena, he yeah. might, or she might be board certified in obstetrics, gynecology, yeah. internal medicine, dentistry, and as strange as this sounds, it is true. So ask the doctor and there's nothing wrong with it. He, he, he might, he might, he might say, I'm a plastic surgeon. And anyone, it's legal. You, anyone can call themselves a plastic surgeon. But the way you can ask them to find out exactly what they're, what they're you know, good at is, what are you board certified in that? And if, it's, if the answer is anything but plastic surgery, 
you get up and walk away. Yeah. I, I actually saw a sign the other day, manicure, pedicure, Botox. <laughs> yeah, and that I'm is careful. exactly that the reason. That looks scary, right? You know, that, okay. That, and you know what? Along the lines of, you know, cave, you know, caveat emptor, you know, that is where that, you know, I would say that phrase comes, you know, into uh, play, buyer beware. Now, the other thing is, which I, I hear a lot of, a lot of people ask me, well, maybe I want to go to India, maybe I want to go to Mexico. You know, I want to look, because again, plastic surgery, uh, even the, the, the fillers, et cetera, which we're going to talk about in a minute, they're not inexpensive. So a lot of people are looking, uh, especially for, you're not going to go down to Mexico to get, you know, fillers, you, although you might, but you, you might get a facelift. And I'm thinking, what happens if something happens or you fly to India? You know, do you fly back to Mumbai after you come back because you have an infection in your, you know, where the stitches are? What I mean, how would somebody? Why would it's they? The same. It's along the same lines, Jane. It's it's you know, buyer beware. I mean, while I mean, you know, be careful. I mean, in in my opinion, and I think I'm right. I mean, there are places in life to cut corners, and there's places to not cut corners. You can cut corners by maybe getting this dress versus that dress, one bag versus the other bag, maybe not stay on vacation for two weeks, maybe do it a week or 10 days. I would think, or at least for me, there's places that I would not cut corner, my health. And that's kind of the, the way uh, you know, I, I am. And I think probably most people, I hope, would be that way. But back to your question is, what do you do if there's a complication? Not much. Yeah. I mean, if you are, first of all, there, a lot of the doctors are not uh, overseas are not in destination surgery is, you know, obviously it's, it's popular and I've seen the results of it. You know, it, 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 it popular in the sense that it's attractive, I should say, because, you know, it's a, it may be a little bit cheaper and, and you got to wonder, hmm, why are they a little bit cheaper? Maybe they're yeah. not held up to the same standards mm-hmm. as uh, doctors are in the United States. Maybe they're not using the same type of equipment as doctors in the United States. And both of those things are true. You know, I've had pay, and what do you do if you have that infection? What do you do if you have a, a scar that you don't like? Whereas, you know, at least here in the States, you make a phone call and you go visit the doctor who did the surgery um, in a popular destination, at least for, you know, some of the people in the tri-state area is the Dominican Republic and what have you. What do you do? I mean, you you can't jump on a plane when you, you know, it's an emergency and travel three, four hours and, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to go to a doctor. And I've had patients come into my office with infections and and, and I can kind of figure out what was done. But you really don't know what was done, and then if you get, if you happen to get the record or the operative report, obviously it has to be translated. But they're they're usually Spartan and you know you know grossly inadequate, and 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 that's if you go to a opera, you know have a this procedure done like you said in uh, you know Dominican Republic. But if it's mm-hmm. someplace farther that requires more travel, it, it's just you're you're out of luck and so and then mm-hmm. you're left with the yeah. local doctor trying to figure out what has what happened what was going on and some of the infections are very very unusual infections that we just don't get here in the states uh, because some of the indigenous bacteria are a little bit different here versus say Dominican versus say Mumbai and you can be left with large large problems so uh, along those lines of should you do it? No. I mean, like I said, there's places that you cut corners in life and there's places that you don't. And I, I don't think my health is one of those it's places. One of them. And if you choose yeah. to go along that route, buyer beware. Yeah. 
And also it's going to end up costing you more because if you do have a problem, you're going to have to see a doctor here and that's going to add to whatever expense you save. <laughs> that's in going to general, fill out whatever. In, <laughs> in general, and, I, and that's an interesting thing that you say, but in general in medicine, or at least in, you know, in, and to a large extent in plastic surgery, but it's all in medicine. And it's just like anything. Mm-hmm. To fix a problem is much more expensive than to create the problem. So to fix a problem is, and it's just like someone paints your house and it's not the right color and they did it and, and it's it sloppy. Right to yeah. redo it is going to be much more expensive than the first time around that you, you know, so, than it was to paint it. So to fix a problem, especially a, you know, a, a surgical problem, is going to be much more involved, much more time-consuming, and therefore much more expensive than if you would have had it done properly the first time. So I guess the lesson learned from that is do it right the first time. Right, and do and do your research and listen to shows like yeah. ours, which will have highlight the best in the business, as as mm-hmm. for for sure. Um, now, what would you say are the chief complaints or the chief uh, uh, results that people want when they come to your office? Is it fuller cheeks? Is it better noses or eyes? What are, what are some of the uh, all problems of the above. that you hear? It's, it's all, all about probably the most. Co- it's just for me. Co- <laughs> <laughs> The more, the more, the, again, it's somewhat seasonal. As we head into the summer months, patients, and again, I, yeah, it, it, it's, it is somewhat seasonal. Before the holidays, patients will want something. It, 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 it boils down to two, I guess, broad categories. Something they can do, regardless if it's cheeks, eyes, lips, nose, something they can do quick and easy or something that involves surgery. And those are the two main uh, divisions of, as far as what patients are coming in for. Uh, if it's middle of summer, again, I operate year-round and my numbers in the summer and, and surgeries that I do is somewhat steady. There is a certain uptick in the non-surgical procedures in summer. As, as Right now, in, uh, from April on, it gets the non-surgical options, just you know, patients are coming in pretty much around the clock. And if, with regards to that, what do they want? Non-surgical, at this time of the year, non-surgical fat reduction. Uh, non-surgical, uh, you know, facial treatments. They want the lasers. They want the. They want their skin to to glow. Very popular procedure now is uh, this time of the year is the Botox facial, which is a a facial that we give where there's a small amount of hyaluronic acid, uh, green tea, uh, depending on what the patient wants. Uh, something for acne. Something for you know, uh, inject Botox. Small doses of Botox just at the skin level. It, it, anything that can make your skin glow is very popular now. Um, surgery is still a steady throughout the year, but non-surgical options are going through through the roof. And again, probably the most popular this time of the year, non-surgical fat reduction. Now, now, how does that how does that work? How does that work? Non-surgical fat reduction involves using a infrared heater. Infrared heat. It's a it's a type of it's a type of laser heat, but it basically near infrared, and it heats the fat, and it causes basically to melt and your body disposes of it and it's great for spot areas of uh, fat reduction if a patient oh i want my the love handles i want my inside of my thighs the lateral side of my thighs it's great for spot areas of fat reduction that a patient wants to get done and it takes about four treatments about a week or so apart so a patient starting in april so the time of you know june july rolls around they're done and it involves heating up the fat the skin comes tightened after that, and the fat is dissolved, and the body gets rid of it through the natural mechanisms. Very popular method, this a very popular procedure this time of the year. Can you do it on your so, on your tushy? <laughs> can you, you get do, a smaller you can do behind? it on any portion of, of the body. I mean, it's, it's uh, patients do it on popular areas are the arms, 
uh, popular areas are the uh, the love handles, the inside, outside of the thighs, the tummy, the tushy, uh, any part that the patient has excess fat on that they want removed. It's an alternative, and like we were talking about before, alternatives to uh, sur- you know surgery. It's a, the alternative of this is is it alter- is the surgery of liposuction. A lot of patients just don't want to undergo liposuction in the downtime, so they do non-surgical fat reduction. And, and what that that means, and because it's become so popular, is this technique really does work. It really, you know, diminishes the fat, gets rid of that fat in that area, and gets the skin to tighten up. Oh wow, that sounds yeah. uh, that that sounds. Like it's something Very that and, it would and, be and again, extremely popular. It, it would it, this time of the year, and as we head into spring, summer, it's you know, you know, we the machines are pretty much going you know 24/7. But it's just anything and anything you can offer someone. Patients want their skin to glow, and that's a year-round thing. Patients want their skin to glow, so we're doing uh, PRP, which is another very popular procedure, a non-surgical option, and it's I, I love the procedure, platelet-rich plasma, which is where. We draw the patient's blood, and in our blood are various factors, white cells, red cells, and platelets. And we specifically draw out those platelets. And then we can inject them in various, you know, where we want to inject them to get the result we want. We can take those platelets and inject it into the, and the scalp. And those platelets, in turn, help get hair follicles that have turned off to help turn on. So if someone's got alopecia or some baldness, men are, it's a very popular procedure in men. You can inject it in the scalp to try and get hair growth. Women, too. Women who wear quite a bit of extensions and starting to thin out due to, we call that traction alopecia, where you've worn extension, extensions for years, it pulls on the hair. Women take out those extensions, they're all of a sudden bald, so we use that for hair growth. We use it um, on uh, when we do a facial on someone. We take that PRP and inject it in uh, underneath the skin to make the skin glow, to make the fine lines go away. You can use it as a filler, which is a volumizer. It's a natural volumizer. It's a very, very popular procedure for that. We use it um, honestly, and I use it for another very popular procedure year-round, mm-hmm. and that's penis augmentation. It's a method wow. where we take that, yeah, where we take the filler, where we take that PRP and inject it into the penis, and it helps not only in cosmetic size, but it helps in function. It heals, uh, you know, a lot of men sometimes have, uh, it helps with erectile dysfunction, it helps with blood flow. At any time you talk about blood flow with regards to penis, if you increase blood flow, you'll help you know, erectile dysfunction, so we use it for that. And it's a, uh, PRP is a very, very popular technique. Wow, you do everything. You're like a magic... You know, we... <laughs> You're like a magic place. You're a one-stop shop, women and men. What can can I say? Well, nowadays, men are equally as concerned about their looks. I mean, years ago, in fact, my husband said the other day, I think I need my eyes done. I mean, who even said that? He's a lawyer. Who says that? You know know what? I I don't know if it's 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 unique to like New York where, you know, people... some of your listeners there might think that, oh, men are a little bit more attuned to that. But I think it's more about global thing men you know why 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 limit it to just women men are work staying in the workplace longer and i noticed this also actually after 2008 after the economy kind of crashed and people who might be retiring uh ended up staying in the workplace in fact i had men coming here in in 08 09 into 2000 who were bringing their severance checks and saying look i'm now i'm not gonna be able to retire i now i've lost my job or what have you and i have to re-enter and i need to 
going to the workforce and I'm competing against people half my age, I need to look good. So I got a little bit of that. That Honestly, that you, you don't get as many people coming in with their severance checks anymore like I did back in 2009 and 2010, literally. But I have men who are who say I want to look as good as I feel while I may not you know, while I may not stay in the workforce, you know, I, I, you know, what is it? 60s and, you know, yeah. 50, you know, 60s and new 50. Exactly. And so, and so people, you know, why limit it to just men? So I have men, and again, the more popular procedures for men, honestly, very popular Botox and men don't want as much heavy Botox as women. They don't want to be frozen. They call it, I call it the wall street wrinkle. They want, uh, you know, a little bit of edge taken off, but they, you know, their, their wrinkles are kind of like a badge of honor and they want to, try and maintain some of that. So a lot of men don't want to go as heavy on the treatment as, say, a female patient would, but they want treatment nonetheless. And so non-surgical options that I treat quite a bit in men is a PRP for the scalp for hair growth, PRP to the penis for function, uh, Botox to the face, very, very common, and probably more common uh, surgical procedures, liposuction. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned Botox, which obviously is a shot that changed the face of beauty, and it, apparently it turned 15 on April 12th, not to be exact or anything. But today it has competition uh, from from others. Uh, what, are, what are they called? The bot, botulinum type? Botulinum uh, toxin. They're all And one of them is Xeomin, which uh, I like very much, and Dicebort. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the, are there sort of nuanced differences between those? Honestly, the differences are subtle. They're all uh, uh, variants of botulinum toxin uh, A or B, and uh, botulinum toxin is a it's a it's a natural toxin. It's a nat- and it is a toxin. It's a natural toxin that, when used in very 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 low doses, which it is in Botox, Xeomin, and Dysport, it it prevents muscles from moving. And if you prevent mm-hmm. a muscle from moving, it will prevent that muscle from pulling on the above skin, the overlying skin, and when it, you know, and and causing a wrinkle. So if you stop a muscle from moving, you'll stop a wrinkle, and that's the way all of the neurotoxins, the Botox, the Dysports, and the and the Xeomins, that's the way they work. All of them are slight variants of each other for you know for all intents and purposes. And, and I have I um, I use all three, and I, I you know on my patients, a lot of patients swear by one they love one versus the mm-hmm. other and obviously you know they have their favorites that they've been using oh you know disport works a little bit better for me oh botox i like it better for the eyes you know so obviously well we you know we um want to help our patients you know and give them whatever they want and then also there's another one it's been around for quite a bit uh and it's called monoblock and or my, i'm sorry myoblock myoblock and what myoblock is as opposed to like the botox or the disports or the zeomins which take anywhere from three to five days to kick in and, mm-hmm. you know, last anywhere from three to four months, the uh, myoblock kicks in within, you know, hours, kicks in within eight to ten hours. Uh, so if someone comes in to my office in the morning and say, I have an event today and I need to look, you know, later in the day, I need to look good for, obviously Botox and Dysport are not going to work in time, so we use something called myoblock, which works in a matter of hours. Unfortunately, it doesn't last as long as, say, the Botoxes, which last mm-hmm. three to four months. The myoblock lasts six to eight weeks, but when you're in a pinch and someone needs a something right quick, now. That's a quick the fix. Do, that's the, quick that's fix, the way to exactly, go. But, but again, to your point, you have to find the doctor the, who is um, the best at, at what they do. So uh, it's, and, and to help you choose the right one as well. Otherwise it's confusing and, you know, so I, well, I think it's, just, you know. 
that is a very, very, very important point, Jane. It's kind of like you were saying before. You probably don't want to go to the place where they say mani pedis and Botox. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, the salons. You know, I, I think you need to go to. And again, that's kind of along what I was saying. You know, ask that person who is doing your injection. What are you board certified in? Are you board certified in plastic surgery, dermatology, or are you board certified in pediatrics, obstetrics, gynecology? I mean, ask them. There's nothing wrong with that because, like I said, buyer beware, and you get what you pay for. You know, and me personally, I mean, the muscles that I inject that I go after to try and improve the look with the Botox or the or the Dysport. I know where those muscles are. How do I know what those muscles are? I operate on those muscles. When I inject the eye muscles, I've operated on those muscles. I've seen those muscles. I know where they are when I do my eyelid surgery, my blepharoplasties. When I do my facelifts, I know where those muscles are, so I know where I need to be. So I think that makes a plastic surgeon sort of, not sort of, but that makes the plastic surgeon uniquely qualified to do that. Now, I'm not saying a dermatologist is not, but I'm not sure that certain amount of comfort and safety is with someone, say, a gynecologist. Yeah, no, for sure, definitely. Doctor, we are going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and mention a few fillers, and then hopefully you will give us, I know, not hopefully, I know you will, give us some lifestyle tips of how we can look better than before forevermore. And and combining what you do and that, you know, we are ageless forever and ever. I know your listeners are going to be uh, very interested in that. Absolutely. Thank stay, you. Stay with us, everyone. We're going to come right back with Dr. Norman Rowe. As listeners of our iHeartRadio talk show know, Jane Wilkins Michael is one of the foremost experts on all things health, beauty, and fitness. Jane has just released her highly anticipated new book, Long Live You, a step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before. In it, she shares a collection of advice, tips, and personal antidotes along with lifestyle suggestions from some of the world's top beauty, health, and fitness experts, many of whom have been interviewed on this show. Are you hoping to make positive health decisions, improve your emotional well-being, establish a support system, give something back to your community and the world? Jane's new book will help you look years younger and also live a longer, healthier, happier, and more beautiful life. You can order Long Live You, your step-by-step plan to look and feel better than before at your local bookstore or at Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com, where it's available for delivery or as an ebook. Or go to Jane's website, janewilkinsmichael.com. Now, back to the Jane Wilkins Michael Show. Want to know where you can hear Jane Wilkins Michael's show better than before? Well, that's easy. You can tune in to Jane via Clear Channel's iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and at bmajor.org. Now, back to Jane Wilkins-Michael and Better Than Before. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Jane Wilkins-Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm here with Lori. As always, we're coming to you live from New York City. And my guest is Dr. Norman Rowe, a plastic surgeon extraordinaire. And he was talking about all the wonderful available uh, procedures, surgeries, and non-invasive techniques that will keep us looking young forevermore. Uh, Dr. Rowe, come come back with us and and let's talk a little fillers, if you don't mind. There are two main categories are they not replacement fillers and uh, uh, biostimulatory fillers so exactly. so I think um, just talk a little bit about the fillers and then we're going to go on to some lifestyle tips sure. 
Well, like you're saying, Jane, uh, there are two main categories of fillers: the uh, replacement and the biostimulants. The replacement fillers, I, uh, I kind of break them down into. Um, I call them non-permanent or a shorter-acting filler, and then the uh, the biostimulants are ones that stimulate your body to kind of make its own filler, which I call uh, often another word for it is a, more of a permanent filler. So there's a shorter-acting and a longer-acting filler. Um, the shorter-acting fillers are high. Uh, the main ones out there are two main main ones: hyaluronic acid and hydroxyapatite. High hyaluronic acid fillers, some of the more common ones that your listeners may be you know, familiar with, are the radius, the juvederms. And, what hap- and those are fillers. High hyaluronic acid is a volumizer, a filler, that is found naturally in our body. So all I am doing is replacing or adding to something that's already in your body. So it's a, it's a replacement filler. I'm just giving you a little bit more. Um, radius is a hydroxyapatite filler which is not net, not normally found. It's not found in the body, but it gives volume. And again, those fillers can last any, all these fillers last anywhere from one to two years. There used to be shorter acting fillers on the market, but they were taken off the market because most patients didn't want to go to their doctor uh, every three months, which is what some of the older fillers were. Mm-hmm. As far as other fillers, like with used, when actually they're still on the market, the collagens, most people have gotten away from those because they are so short acting one, they last three months, and two, the cow collagens, which is where a lot of the popular fillers were from, you know, were from you know, uh, bovine-derived, you have to be tested to make sure you don't have an allergy, which is a kind of a, you know, requires a couple extra trips to the doctor's office to make sure you don't have a cow allergy. So those collagen fillers are pretty much off the market. The permanent fillers uh, are the ones that last longer than uh, a couple years, the sculptures and things like that. And also another popular filler, and we don't really think of it as a filler, but is a wonderful filler, is the patient's own fat. And that's probably, honestly, the ultimate filler. That's where we take a little bit of the patient's own fat, treat it, get pure fat, and inject that in the area. And the good thing about that is it's a live cell. Your fat cells are live cells. So it cannot be rejected by the body, not that all any filler is, but it's taken and it continues to grow with you and stays with you. So its effect lasts years you know, four, five, six years. So that's a, a wonderful, wonderful filler, and it's a, and it's a, it's a stimulant filler, meaning it, it helps, you know, you know, maintain for quite a bit of time, and that's the type of, uh, and so those are the basic uh, main types of fillers, and that's another area that we've made a lot of progress in in the last five or ten years. We went from fillers that lasted three months to now fillers that are off the shelf that last two years plus. So that's, uh, we made great strides in that. And also, I guess another filler that we need to think about, sort of a natural filler, as you said, a biostimulant filler, is, again, platelet-rich plasma, which is where we take uh, uh, the patient's blood, take the platelets out of it, and kind of the same thing we're talking about with the scalp, and we can use that as a filler, too. And it works quite well as a filler. And it works great around the eyes, works great in the lips, it works great pretty much anywhere you put it, and it's a biostimulant filler, like you said. It helps your body make its own collagen. Oh, wow. Then now I know also what I can do with the fat on my tushy. <laughs> I can use it for my cheeks. <laughs> I'm not going to melt it. I'll just use it. Might not put it to some good use there. Don't throw it away. Don't just don't, suction. And that's do, actually, as you mentioned, that's kind of, you, you, you know, all joking aside, that is something that we do very commonly when we do, say, a facelift or when we do a liposuction. When we do, you know, when we do a facelift, for instance, we'll liposuction the neck or liposuction a part of the face. And rather than 
basically throw that fat in the garbage. We use it on various body parts. We use it around the eyes. We use it in the around the face, or uh, and that's basically what. Um, Basically, that's what a Brazilian bottle lift is. We'll take it's autogenous fat grafting, which is where we take fat from one part of the body and move it to another part. Take it from one part where you don't want it and put it to where you want a little bit more fullness. And that is, ex- like you say, that's exactly what we do, and that's a very, very common procedure. Yeah. Can you use other people's fat, or you have to use your own fat? Unfortunately, you have to use your own. I mean, no, it is fat is a live cell, and it is unique to you and only you. So if you put it somewhere else in someone else's body, it will be rejected. The only person's fat you could use other than your own is your identical twin. Oh. So if you had an identical twin, yes, you could. Other than an identical twin, no, you can't. Well, I have identical twin little granddaughters, and they're six. So now, now they know they have to keep very now close. They know that if one <laughs> now they know what they can extra... do. <laughs> exactly. One has a little extra fat. They know what the other could use it for. That's exactly. that's uh, perfect. Well, doctor, uh, I'm sure you will agree that no matter what the procedures that you do, uh, you'll really have to take care of your skin with it all. Uh, otherwise, you'll just uh, you know look old with a facelift or fillers. You you need mm-hmm. to you need to take care of your skin. So, what are some of the lifestyle tips uh, starting with uh, sunblock that you can recommend for spring and summer I can't begin to speak how important it is with sunblock you know 20 years ago 30 years ago there were you know when before the era where we became a little bit more sun conscious um, you know People used to go to the beach. They would roast. They put baby oil on their face and, and and roast even more. And you know, honestly, I think that that thought has changed. And now it's refreshing. You go to the beach and everyone's wearing you know wearing at least sunblock. They're wearing hats. You see children out there with sun shirts on, and they realize that the importance of you know pro, you know not only uh, protection, not only honestly from the effects of sun on our on aging, but also the deleterious effects on skin cancers, uh, basal cells, uh, squamous cell carcinomas, and, and more, you know, and the obviously melanomas. So sunblock, sunblock, sunblock. You know, I tell my patients that if it wasn't for the sun, I'd be out of business, and that's true. So what can you do? You can um, sunblock is so important, and I always tell patients you don't have to go for the sunblock of 50 or 60. You know, just get a nice sunblock, sunblock 30. Anything honestly more than 30 is kind of overkill. Sunblock mm-hmm. of 30 kill and it blocks about. 98% of the sun rays, you know, from getting through. It doesn't really block everything, so you have to reapply. And that's a good thing about using, a, say, a 30 over a 50. A 50 might give you a false sense of security. And and even they say, oh, it's 20 po- higher points than a sunblock of 30, you only get 1% more of sunblocking effect with a sunblock of 50 versus sunblock of 30. So you still have to reapply. Even if you say, oh, I'm going in the water and this is waterproof, you still have to reapply. And it's so important to use uh, sunblock to not only protect yourself from the anti-aging effects of the sun, or uh, aging effects of the sun, I should say, but also for, from the you know cancer effects. So an ounce of prevention is worth um, you know a pound of cure. Another thing I tell my patients is that um, use use sunblock in their makeup because even in the middle of winter, there's enough UV light coming mm-hmm. through that's going to cause some damage. So if you if you're getting makeup, get some makeup even with a sunblock at 10. Sunblock at 10 will block 80 and 90 percent of the sun rays and right. UV light from getting through. So wear your makeup with sunblock even in the middle of winter. The sun the sun shines in the middle of winter. And also, I tell my patients. If they can, use a retinoid or a retin-A. A retin-A and, and retinoids are wonderful, uh, you know, additives or creams that we can put on our face. They are, you know, a drug, don't forget. But it helps keep our skin looking 
refreshed and aglow, and it helps just cellular turnover. It helps get rid of the old skin, more more so, honestly, than, say, a scrub. But it helps get rid of the old skin, helps promote the new skin, and more importantly, it helps thicken up the skin layers. As we age, our skin becomes thinner, becomes more translucent, becomes you know thinner, and it becomes thinner at the expense of the collagen. And collagen is something that we want. Collagen is good for us, you know. That and so that's what kind of Retin A helps that. So I always tell patients when you can use a Retin A. If you say, oh, I, and I have patients say, oh, I, my my skin gets very red or peeled when I use a Retin A. Well, that means either you use let you know you can go to lower concentration. Or instead of putting it on every day, you put it on every other day. And also put it on before you go to bed as opposed to before you go out in the morning, and that will help that too. Okay. So we, you know, those are two very important things. Because water? Those, water hydration is very, very important. You always want to keep your skin is the largest organ of your body, don't forget. And as the largest organ of your body, since our body is essentially 80%, 90% water, that means your skin has the largest reserve of water in your body. So you have to hydrate, hydrate hydrate, especially in the summertime, as we head into the summer months. Um, don't forget, all your listeners, don't forget that, and I tell every one of my patients this, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Take care of a problem before it becomes a problem. You know, take care of your skin. Use that sunblock. Hydrate. You know, use your Retin-A. Go to, the, go to your plastic surgeon. Get your Botox. It's always better to take care of those, you know, prevent the wrinkles from happening before, you know, you know, take care of them before they happen as opposed to trying to take care of them after the pack. Take care of a problem after it, you know, becomes visible and, you know, manifests itself is always much harder than before. So remember, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and that is so true with regards to plastic surgery and your face right. and just overall looking and feeling your best. And you always want to, I, I think, I think your outer self is a reflection of your inner self. Take care of yourself inside. Go to the doctor. Get your physical. And that's all part of it. You know, it's kind of a whole body, you know, type of of, uh, of a kind of approach. You know, take care of your inside. Take care of your outside. And, and they each kind of take care of each other, to be perfectly honest. And, and, you know, and as I said in the beginning, try to be a little more grateful. Try to be a little happier. Try to appreciate life a little bit more because a happy person has a glow to their skin. That's really undeniable. And as they say, nastiness wrinkles your soul, not to mention your forehead. <laughs> thank, so thank, true, thank, yeah, thank God for, so for, uh, for, for, uh, for fillers, etc. Um, so, doctor, where can we find you? You're a font of knowledge and know-how. And I tell you something, it's very rare that I can interview someone and and for 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 this long and remain fascinated as as you are. Um, Thank you. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. I always enjoy uh, speaking with you. Your your questions are so insightful and you know kind of below the surface. And you kind of think you know you I always find that you you think about your questions not just from a uh, uh, you know written script, but you're always very insightful. And I, I know I do, and I'm sure your your listeners do. I appreciate that. Oh, you're very, very kind. Now, we can find you uh, in, in Manhattan, and you're yep. also expanding? Yeah, or we have um, we, my office in Manhattan is on uh, um, uh, 77th between Park and Madison. We're expanding about two blocks away uh, to 75th and Park, a larger facility. That should be open in the fall. We have an office in uh, the Hamptons in uh, Watermill, and we also have an office in uh, Red Bank, New Jersey. So we're expanding all that information your listeners can find at uh, www.normanrowmd.com. Um, and uh, as far as all the offices, and again, we're like I said, we're in uh, New York City, Red Bank, and in uh, the Hamptons out in Watermill, New York. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. Well, everyone, that's our show. Thank you so much again, Dr. Rowe. Okay. Thanks My so pleasure. much, My pleasure. as always. And thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins-Michael. I will see you very soon. Until then, be wise, be well, be better than before. Have a question for Jane? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.